Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. He's Greg, I'm Nick. Of course, this is the uh, Greg Bedard Patriots podcast as the uh, big voice guy, <clears throat> Jim Murray, told you at the beginning of this program. Uh, thanks to Athletic Greens, one-stop shopping for 75 high-quality vitamins to help you start your day right and betonline.ag, the fastest, easiest way to bet on sports. Greg, it is Miami Dolphins week, of course, on Sunday at Foxborough, 1 p.m. kickoff. Uh, let's first start with where we left off on the last episode of this lovely podcast. Uh, was there any fallout from your rant? Did you hear any pushback? Anything said to you about how you uh, kind of lost your mind on the last episode? Uh, well, it, I would say it's interesting. I mean, I think it's a lot like um, politics these days. Mac Jones, the Patriots offense, Bill Belichick, everybody's sort of split and in their camps. So, you know, probably 50, 50, some people saying like, you know, thank God somebody finally said it. Some people saying you're an idiot, Bedard. Of course, that's every <laughs> week or a daily basis. Um, you know, it certainly got a lot of run on Boston sports talk radio. Um, so that's good for us. Glad to provide quality programming during um, uh, the lean uh, winter holiday weeks when not a lot of regulars are, are in studio. Uh, so that was good to hear. I mean, the one thing I just wanted to make sure that people understand, you know, when I talked about, like, if you watch this game and you came out talking about Mac Jones, you're a freaking idiot, um, which I a hundred percent believe it was just about this game. And, you know, I think it was, what was it, two weeks prior that I said Bill Belichick was in his rights to bench Mac Jones at halftime. You know, I would just tell people and listeners to our podcast, and I'm sure um, those that are still listening, those that didn't unsubscribe during my rant, um, <laughs> you know, are the type of people who they come here, Nick, because you and I tell it like it is. This isn't fantasy land. We're not here to sugarcoat it for you. We're to give you the truth about your football team. Um, and sometimes that means really good things. Sometimes that means oh, Belichick calling you. Bill Belichick right now <laughs> calling. Yeah. Calling me to, to, to yell at me. Um, you know, and, and we give you the truth. So, I mean, just because it's okay to say that Mac Jones was good in this game, especially once they open it up in the second half and the, the tight ends went out and they finally played Kendrick Bourne. It's okay to say Mac Jones played well in the second half and you want to see more of that. That doesn't mean that you have to change your, if you believe that Mac Jones isn't the guy for the long-term future of this franchise. And that very well may be, 
you know, I think both of us are sort of in the category that we, you know, we think he has a pretty good chance of being a franchise quarterback, but we don't know. Last year he was a rookie. This year he's put in tough circumstances. Who knows what's going to happen next year? But, you know, just because, um, you know, I was a little bit harsh on this game, it doesn't, it doesn't change anything. You can have a different opinion about Mac Jones week to week. You don't have to be locked into your take on Mac Jones or I believe this, and you don't have to be um, – you know, take cornered as they, as they might say. Um, so, you know, that's just sort of what I wanted to clarify that, that my, my comments were about this game. There are certainly other games. Um, like, was that the, was that the Raiders game where he lost it at the goal line? I think it was. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I thought he could, he should have been, I would have benched him if I were Bill Belichick in that game and he didn't. So, um, you know, we just try to keep it real around here, and I hope people appreciate that. Keeping it real. That's what we do. And and by the way, I think that there is one take. I'll be take cornered all day long on this one. I just don't think you can evaluate Mac Jones this year. And it's not to say that he's blameless. It's not to say that, you know, oh, he's the end-all, be-all, and he's going to be the franchise quarterback for the next 15 years. It's just if you look at Mina Kimes, you know, tweet yesterday, and we've talked about it. These guys running into each other, the spacing, the, you know, Lombardi absolutely roasted the play calling this week, you know, talking about how it's, you know, it's just plays, right? It's, it's not necessarily like an offense. It's just calling plays. And, and so I just think it's impossible to evaluate Mac Jones this year based off of what he was given or what he wasn't given. And so I'm not telling you he's the end all be all. I'm not telling you he stinks. I'm just, I'm just saying that he was not supported. And I don't know what quarterback I tweeted this yesterday at Nixie radio. Um, I tweeted yesterday. Like I just quote tweeted Mina Kimes. I, I don't know what NFL quarterback, if there is one that would play well or really well consistently week in and week out, given this team's incompetence around the quarterback position and on the coaching staff. So I think, you know, the jury is still out on Mac Jones. All right, let's look at the uh, injury report, Greg, because it is not great. Uh, Yanni Kajust did not participate illness. Jack Jones, DNP with a knee. Marcus Jones, DNP with a concussion. Jalen Mills, DNP with a groin. Devontae Parker, DNP with a concussion. Matthew Slater, uh, DNP, but this was not injury, injury related. It was rest, so Matthew should be okay. And then uh, Janu Smith, DNP, with a concussion. Your thoughts on that long list of a lot of important players, especially on the defensive side? Yeah, I think the big thing is the secondary. And, you know, you're going up against Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddell and Cedric Wilson. Um, this is not a good week when you need to win out um, to not have uh, even close to full capacity in – the secondary. I mean, basically, you know, Mac Jones, uh, Jonathan Jones must look around and be like, where'd everybody go? Cause he's like, he's the only guy left him and miles Bryant. Um, you know, Jalen Mills. It's amazing. It's like, you know, it, it he reminds me a lot of, uh, who was the, who was the, uh, he's uh, Eric Rowe, Eric Rowe, who's now on the dolphins. Like, it seemed like he always had like a groin injury. This has been going on. Um, for weeks and that he couldn't even participate on Wednesday. That's not good. The Marcus Jones and the concussion. Uh, he's been obviously one of the bright spots of this team um, coming down the stretch. Uh, Jack Jones, 
that he couldn't get going on a Wednesday is not good. So it looks like they're going to have to go out there with Jonathan Jones, Miles Bryant, and probably everyone's favorite, Sean Wade, um, who has had a tough go the last couple weeks uh, when he's uh, received playing time. So it's uh, – it's it's tough sledding for the Patriots going into this week, but at least, you know, as we talked about before, you know, it, it, just another case of the Patriots going up against a backup quarterback. Um, it's it, That's all they've beaten this year and Jared Goff. And uh, so, you know, we'll talk more about the matchup, but that's th- that they're that they're down so many guys in the secondary. Um, I'm just looking to see who they have on the practice squad available. There's a guy named Ty Hayes at cornerback, Quandre Mosley at cornerback. Um, and that's it. And no one's going to feel sorry for the Patriots. I mean, the dolphins are dealing with stuff, so, you know, they're going to have to figure it out. Yeah, the, the Marcus Jones one is just huge because we've talked about it. He he was the Bugs Bunny rendition of the football team playing special teams, playing defense, playing some offensive snaps. And uh, so he's going to impact this team in this game in a number of different ways if he's not out there. So that's a that's a big one. That's a big one to go along with Kajus because now, again, you're looking at, you know, your third string, fourth string right tackle out there. And uh, that is not ideal with with the pressure Miami likes to send, which we'll get into a little bit later. Um, When you look at this game, Greg, and you look at Belichick individually, there's there's one note that you put in here. And I I just want you to kind of wax poetic on this. Mm -hmm. Belichick needs to stop being a stage mom and let his boys play for once. Explain. Yeah. So um, and this, you know, with the injury issues in the secondary this might be a tough week to do it but um you know i think that watching the patriots this year um i think it's been obvious certainly on the offensive side of the ball that you look at it and they've just when they've gone against teams that they think they're going to get pressure against or they might not match up well with up front uh they just they they just get scared to death, and you see the quick game and a bunch of screens. I mean, even against the freaking Arizona Cardinals, they're screening to death because oh, what the Cardinals might blitz. I mean, you know, this is professional football, okay? So we've seen it on the offensive side. It's been there throughout the year where they're just like, and, and it's obvious that they have concerns about the offensive line, and increasingly, it's it's been happening on defense, and I understand. It's a little bit out of context or or probably not germane to discussion because they have so many injury issues going on there. But here here's the thing. Um, you know, anybody that they're going to play this weekend, um, Jonathan Jones, Miles Bryant, Sean Wade even. This is a guy that they traded for, you know, in the middle of camp two years ago. Um, these guys have been here. These are professional football players. Um that have been in your system that you've trained and, and with every week and this, this Bengals game only reinforced it. It's basically what I wrote my column on the other day about how they're, you know, they're short at, in the secondary. Um, and they, it's, it's obvious just like the offense when, how they game plan tells you they have zero confidence that they can run block or pass block well enough. Uh, defensively, the way they've called these games against the better offenses 
And I think they were headed down this road also with Kyler Murray before he got hurt against the Cardinals. You know, I'm specifically, I'm talking about the Bills and the Bengals. Uh, you know, the Patriots just basically their game plan. And even I heard Chris Sims talk about this. I was listening to his podcast last night after I had written my column and he sees the same thing that, you know, they just basically like sit back and they're just like, look, we can't compete. So we're just, we're just hoping to keep the score down, make you burn up enough clock. We're not, we're not going to press the issue on you at all. And we're just too afraid. And we're going to we're going to coach scared. And I think they've been coaching scared all year. I think it's been part of the frustration with the players on both sides of the ball, especially the Bills game. I think that's what you you know, you heard a lot lot from from the players that they were down 17 seven. Yet they still stuck stuck with the same game plan, which is let's not get blown out. They just didn't they, they gave up trying to win the game, at least against the Bengals. You saw in the second half that they threw caution to the wind a little bit, especially offensively. They started to open it up, throw the ball down to Kendrick Bourne. Of course, you know, it didn't really happen until the end of the third quarter, but whatever, it happened. And defensively, you look at what they did against the Bengals, the pick six that they had, guess what happened on that play, Nick? They actually sent a lot of pressure, and Kyle Duggar was right in Joe Burrow's face and and forced him into – a mistake, you know, depends on how you judge that. You could say that that was just a quarterback and a wide receiver not being on the same page. But at least at least the Patriots forced the issue and it and it contributed at least to them making a game changing mistake. And so that has been so I'm hoping that Bill Belichick and I'm hoping the leaders on the team when they speak to Belichick this week. I hope they go to him and they say, Bill, like, look, there's two games left in the season. We have to win out. You have Teddy Bridgewater on one side. Yes, they have good wide receivers, but it's Teddy Bridgewater. He's he's really a backup quarterback in this league. He might be one of the better ones. And then defensively, the Dolphins take risks like nobody's business against everybody. Josh Boyer, the former uh, secondary coach here, blitzes all the time and and stupidly and it cost the dolphins a game last week against the packers so uh, you know my wish is that for one time and finally it's the next to last game of the season that bill says you know what guys like we're done trying to win this game as coaches we're done trying to overinflate our importance and we're just gonna let you play and we're going to we're going to spread it out. We're going to throw the ball. We're going to let Mac do his thing. We might even go no huddle at times on defense. You know, yeah, we need to cover some for some things in the back end, but we have some smart zone coverages behind it. But up front, we're going to do some corner blitzes or we're going to do some safety blitzes. We're going to do some stuff. We're going to throw some some really nice plays out there that sort of let you strut your stuff, um, because I think. It's high time for that, you know, and I think the players are tired of the way they've been playing. I think it's the root of it is that Belichick thinks that him and his coaches have to win the game, that the players can't win the game. And Bill just needs to get back to remembering what he used to say, like coaches lose game, players win game. Well, let let the players lose. Take the leash off them. Let them go. Let them play. If they make mistakes, let them let them make them on their own. Like and just go for it. 
for once this season. I would love to see that. Coaching scared has been prevalent with this team post Brady. Mm -hmm. And think back to, you know, the Dallas game um, when, when they gave up the fourth and forever because of the coverage they, they chose. You go back to the Raiders game, fourth and 10, you know, not, not sending any pass rush to try to get to Derek Carter, rattle him and allowing him some time to find Matt Collins one-on-one -on -one against Marcus Jones on the outside for that comeback route. It, it, it bleeds over to the decision-making by Belichick. I mean, how many times have we seen them near midfield or even in the, in the plus side of the field, punt the football on fourth and short for, mm -hmm. for just, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, you see teams, some teams are way over aggressive, Brandon Staley, chargers, others, but, you know, it, it, you're looking at a fourth and one. It, it, he did it last week against Cincinnati. It, it was in their own territory, but he's looking at a fourth and one. Cincinnati's offense at that point was roasting your defense. It looked like it was going to be a blowout. And I think they were around. I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head. I think they were around their own 40-ish, 40-ish. Yeah, it was box. a 39, I think. Yeah, and it's a fourth and one. And it's, I think it, it might have even been shorter than one, but it was marked as fourth and one on TV. And he punts the football and, you know, that kind of, of, of conservatism, I think, you know, just it, it, it creeps into the team and you have guys doubting everything. This is not a team that seems like they're flying around playing free, a quarterback making calls at the line, doing what he wants to do. It's, it's so structured and so conservative that the ceiling is so low. And, and I hope that I hope that that changes, but I don't have much optimism. Like with, they say, Nick, what do they say? What's the old saying? Scared money don't make money. Yep. And that's where they are at this point in the season. They haven't made much money. They're not even breaking even. Like, do, Bill, just just let it roll. All right. Before we get to this Dolphins game, Greg, tell the people about Athletic Greens. Yes. Let me do that. Uh, I started taking AG1 because I wanted to make sure I was getting all the vitamins and nutritional supplements I needed in one place. Now I've been on it for six months, and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy, even though it's a green juice, and a lot of people look at that, and they're just like, that. No, I'm telling you, it has kind of a mild tropical taste, a little minty, and I actually look forward to it each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things you're looking for. I take it first thing in the morning. Now it's part of my daily routine, and I'd be lost without it. Contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Bedard. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Bedard. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Obviously, the biggest story heading into this game is the Tua concussion across the NFL and the idea that, you know, Tua is very unlikely to play. And, and I'd be surprised if he plays the rest of this season, given the history and the recent history with his head injuries. 
which means good old Teddy B is likely to be the quarterback on Sunday, Greg. Of course, Miami has a ton of weapons. We saw them earlier this year. I thought the Patriots did a decent job at the beginning of the season, somewhat limiting those guys, not allowing Tyreek Hill to get over the top uh, time and time and time again, which has happened to other teams in the league this year. But your thoughts on this Dolphins offense, what we'll see on Sunday, and especially your thoughts about this offense with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, two is definitely out for this week. We'll see whether he's back this season. Um, you know, I think his concussion in hindsight now explains a lot because the way he played in the second half of that game was just it was puzzling, especially the last interception. They were just like, dude, that was pretty simple cover two. like what you know what are we looking at that's like you know sort of day one stuff and you know he's just throwing balls right at people um you know i about the first matchup because i have heard people even like mike lombardi talk about like well belichick knows how to play these guys he stopped them you know he they did limit them but let's also remember that was the first game of an entirely new regime. I mean, a new right. coaching staff, a new offensive staff. Tyreek Hill was new to the offense. Um, so they're a long ways from that. And, um, you know, while I do still think the Patriots know, the Patriots have always known, even when it came to when Tyreek Hill was on the Chiefs, they knew how to play him. And they'll always keep somebody over the top of him. Um, they will try to limit him to, you know, 10 to 15 yard catches and try to tackle him immediately. The Patriots are still a pretty good tackling team. Waddle's really the guy who sort of um, louses up everything um, because he's, he's so explosive and uh, you know, it's it the, even the chiefs, when they had Tyree kill, they never had a complimentary weapon like Jalen Waddle. Um, you know, Gusecki, does he, I'll be interested to see if he's a little bit more of a factor with Teddy Bridgewater um, he's never been a great fit for that offense. There were rumors about him wanting to be traded out uh, during training camp, um, which I don't really understand because George Kittle thrives in this offense. And uh, I don't understand why Gesicki wouldn't, but maybe Teddy Bridgewater likes tight ends a little bit more. I think the big thing is with the dolphins um, offensively, they don't, they don't run the ball very well. They don't. And that's the thing with the whole Shanahan um, McDaniel scheme is it's really supposed to be a run first, coolest run offense in a league type of thing. And they just haven't run very much. They get way too pass happy to me. That plays in um, to what the Patriots kind of want to do with their pressure up front. And I think, you know, the big thing is going to be if the Patriots are going to win this game, they're going to have to dominate up front with the pass rush and the Dolphins yep. offensive line is okay. It's limited. Um, you know, Eichenberg is is back at left guard. Um, he's been okay even before he got hurt. He was just okay. Uh, I would say the right tackle, um, Shell, Brandon Shell, has been, you know, a weakness for them. Armstead, he's a veteran guy. When he's right, he's really good. But, you know, how healthy is he at this point? So I think when you look at the Patriots' defense against the Dolphins' offense, they're going to have to affect Teddy Bridgewater. He's the type of guy that um, he's not going to make a play, a lot of plays off platform. He's kind of a sitting duck back there. He can move a little bit, but the Patriots need to have, you know, Matthew Judon, Josh Uche, Christian Barmore, Dietrich wise. They all need to have their best game to, if their pass rush can limit 
the weapons of the offense, then that's a winning formula for the Patriots. Yeah, you got to let your pass rush eat on Sunday and throw a, an occasional blitz at them if you'd like or, or multiple blitzes at them. But I agree with you, Uche, Judon, Barmore, Wise, anybody else on that defensive front, it's going to be critical for them to get the pressure and for them to, to rattle Bridgewater and, and get him off schedule because he is an on-schedule quarterback. He, he does not love the idea of you know expanding plays and he's not going to do the spectacular. And especially with the secondary, all, all the question marks with the injuries uh, at the third level for this defense. I mean, even with Bridgewater, if you give them time with these weapons and that speed against this secondary, if it's as banged up as it looks like it's going to be, uh, it, it could be a long day for the defense. So that defensive front is just so, so vital to the Patriots having a chance to win this game on Sunday. Offensively, we've, we've covered that. Now let's look at defense. Uh, Josh Boyer. Uh, you mentioned this a little bit a, a few minutes ago, Greg, but uh, you know, he, he loves to blitz. He loves to blitz. And uh, sometimes that has bitten him in the tuk-tuk. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I, to me, it's one of the big problems with this Dolphins defense that, you know, he just, and it's funny because Boyer came from new England where they hardly ever blitz. And now he goes down there and, and I, I just couldn't believe what they did in the second half against the Packers. I mean, the Dolphins had that game. They had complete control of that game. And yes, you know, two his turnovers were a huge problem in that game and ultimately cost them. But, you know, you know, blitzing Aaron Rodgers is not a smart thing uh, normally ever. And it wasn't in that game. And Boyer just kept doing it and doing it. And, and it killed that team. You know, I think when you look at the Dolphins defense, um, First of all, you got to start with Christian Wilkins inside is one of the best interior players in the league. You worry about that again with Cole Strange. Um, you know, hopefully he gets matched up more with a Wenu in this game. If I'm the Dolphins, I'm just putting him over Cole Strange. Christian Wilkins always kills the Dolphins. He, I mean, the Patriots. He always has great games against the Patriots. But I think if you, if I, if I were the uh, the offensive coordinator for the Patriots going into this game. Um, I would be, I, I would have a couple goals. Number one, we're going to run inside and we're going to stick with the run and we're going to double team Christian Wilkins at the point of attack. Um, and then, because I think when you talk about a Landon Roberts on the second level, Jerome Baker, um, Chubb, if he's out there, the, the, the pass rusher defensive end that they got from the Broncos, not a great run guy, guy, Jalen Phillips, really good pass rusher not good against the run and not good against misdirection. So I'm, I'm running the ball inside. I'm double teaming Christian Wilkins. I'm running a lot of misdirection, pulling people, uh, you know, sort of, uh, you know, fake one way boot action. I'm trying to get a lot of movement because they're not, their front seven is not very disciplined and you can get busts from this team, especially if they're bringing pressure. If you catch them in a pressure, uh, I'm, I'm doing a lot of play action in this game for once. I'm getting under center. I'm doing that sort of thing, which Matt Patricia hasn't done. And I'm not, while I'm looking out for Javon Holland, who's an excellent safety for them, you have yeah. to watch him. The other guys, you know, Xavier Howard is not the same guy he used to be a cornerback. Uh, Kohu's an undrafted free agent, good player, but undrafted free agent. Keon Crossen's a guy who the Patriots traded away, was just a special teams guy. He plays a lot in the secondary. And Eric Rose, you know, another safety, former Patriot who isn't that great. So, you know, 
if I'm Matt Patricia and I'm, you know, Mac Jones and I'm, you know, Bill Belichick and I'm looking at this, like, you know, you got to have some confidence going into this game. You can't coach scared. You got to be like, you know what? We, this is the type of defense that we can, we can open things up against and don't be afraid of that and go after it and put points on the board and help your defense. Cause I do think that the Patriots, they, they can handle the dolphins up front in this game. And if Boyer blitzes, all the better. But, you know, make sure everybody's running the right routes, which we talked about last week, and turning around and being ready. They do all those little things in this game. They have a chance to score in this game. Yeah, don't run into each other. I agree with you. Uh, Wilkins is a is a beast uh, in the middle. The, the guy can single-handedly impact a game, not like many others, honestly. Um, I, I think the edges, you are correct that, you know, those guys play a little wild. Uh, Chubb yeah. loves his sack numbers. He he tends to get a little too deep on his pass rush. Phillips is the same way. Phillips plays with his hair on fire sometimes or most of the time. So he, he can get, he can get trapped into certain, into certain looks and certain things. If, if you try to, to take advantage of his aggressiveness, he's a, he's a very athletic dude, but you know, he, he does tend to lose himself at times. So I do think there'll be opportunity. I just have, you know, not much, confidence in Matt Patricia and we could sit here and give him the game plan. We we've talked about this uh, several times this year. We go into a game saying, this is what you can do against this defense. And Patricia goes out there, does the exact opposite. So I expect shotgun formation, four wide, five wide, let's go crazy. Um, You know, probably six to seven screens, one or two play action attempts and uh, not double teaming, you know, Wilkins. That's what I expect from Matt Patricia. I, I expect the worst and hope for the best. Before we get to our pick, let's get to Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season, everything from NFL and bowl season to esports and the NBA. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Right now, I want to bet the under on the Red Sox. I don't know what the hell Heimblum's doing. What are you doing? Heim, what are you doing? You had almost $100 million to spend this offseason, and you continue to shop for blue light specials like Corey Kluber. I'm so, I'm so tired of the one plus one club option crap with, a, with a, a pitcher that has been, you know, hurt a million times in the past five or six years. Just, ugh, it's so, it's so frustrating. Anyway. When they say Corey uh, Kluber, I was like, wait a minute, what year is this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're like, oh, well, he went 10 and 10 with the Rays last year for like a 4.4 ERA. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. James Paxton. I mean, this is, this is again, this is a high and bloom special. Um, let's get to the pick. So Patriots are favored minus three. I, I, I would wonder what the number would look like if it was Tua. Uh, I, I'd imagine. Yeah, it, Dolphins- opened, it opened Dolphins like minus two, I think. And it swung all the way I, back. Yeah, I'd imagine that uh, if Tua was playing, uh, the Dolphins would be favored in this one. But Patriots minus three, Greg, the over-under is 41. Uh, If you're just joining us on the podcast, well, welcome in. Thank you. The water is warm. Enjoy your time. And secondly, when we look at against the spread, uh, I am 13 and two and and Greg is 12 and three. So now the pressure's on two more weeks. we got to get these picks right. Uh, Patriots minus three, Greg. 
So let's start with the weather forecast because that's always important this time of year. I'm looking at AccuWeather. They're saying, um, and by the way, it's gorgeous out here today. It almost feels like I'm ready to go out in shorts and throw the baseball and softball around. But uh, it's supposed to be 54 degrees. It's supposed to feel like 47. Wind, it looks like it's going to be a little bit of a factor. It says the wind uh, sustained 16 miles an hour, wind gusts 31 miles an hour. So... You know, between Teddy Bridgewater and Mac Jones, not exactly two guys who um, cut the wind with their throws. <laughs> so that'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, who that favors. I think both had the ability to run the ball. I would say Stevenson's the best running back in this game. Um, you know, it's it, this 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 game is tough to call. I mean, it really is. And it's sort of like it, it, you have to believe that. Like you just said, you have to believe in Matt Patricia in this game. Um, and that is a tall task for anybody. Um, that he is going to throw caution to the wind, that he's going to be able to uh, beat Josh Boyer at his game, um, even though you know the Dolphins have sort of had their way with the, the Patriots lately in this matchup. It doesn't really matter who's coaching or who's quarterbacking. Go back to Ryan Fitzpatrick and you know, what was that, 2019? or 2018 when he came in here final game of the season Patriots had the number one seed or home field advantage on the line and Ryan Fitzpatrick you know torched the crap out of them in that game and two is four and oh against the Patriots um you know I just I just think at the end of the day I think it's easier for the Dolphins to score in this game to get to say 27 30 points than it is for the Patriots to keep pace I just like I said I think you have to believe in Matt Patricia and I don't see why in week 16 that's all of a sudden going to happen could it happen absolutely I do I think you know if the Patriots risk a little bit on both sides of the ball I think they they can cause turnovers they can get short fields they can do some things I think they they can go toe-to-toe with the Dolphins in this game but I just don't have a lot of confidence that Bill Belichick is suddenly going to change his stripes, that Matt Patricia is suddenly going to call a masterful game. Um, so, you know, for that reason, I'm going to go with the Dolphins by three in this game. So you're going push. That would, that, no, no, you're, you're going, okay, never mind. Yep. Yeah, you're going Dolphins by three. Okay. So, um, hmm. I feel a lot of the same way that you feel, uh, you know, I think the, I think the dolphins are beatable. I think this is a very winnable game for the Patriots. I think they're beatable with Tua, frankly, yep. but I just, I have not, I just haven't seen it enough from the Patriots consistently, especially on the offensive side. And with all the injuries in the secondary, I, I just have no idea unless they have an all time fantastic game up front, which is possible. I just don't know how they are able to slow down Waddle and Hill consistently in this game and not give up a couple of chunk plays. And all of a sudden you look up and Miami scores because you blew a coverage here. You blew a coverage there. I just, I don't trust this secondary with all the injuries and with the talent on Miami. Uh, I would go with, with Miami as well. And I think it's going to be a close game. I'll go, you know, Miami by six. Uh, I, I could feel maybe like a 24 to like, well, I'll go 24, 17, 
So I'll go seven Miami by seven, but again, this is a winnable game. I just, if I had yep. confidence in Patricia to go out there and do the right things, then I would say, yeah, the Patriots will be able to score 24, 27, 30 points against this defense. I just have zero confidence in Matt Patricia. So I'll roll with the uh, Dolphins before we head out of here. Um, BSJ member question of the day, annual plan. Don't forget 3999, uh, bostonsportsjournal.com. All the great Boston sports coverage. Greg has his uh, weekly chats. He, he breaks down the film as well. Um, and, and this week's question, Greg, we'll just, we'll just throw it out there. It's Derek Carr. Derek Carr was benched officially yesterday by the Raiders. Um, McDaniel said there is no finality to this move. Derek Carr was out of the facility within 10 minutes. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's rather obvious that uh, Derek Carr will not be a Raider next year. Just your thoughts on the, uh, on the decision, the move by Josh McDaniels with two games left. Yeah. So as everybody knows, um, I've watched the Raiders film all year. I've graded the Patriots, uh, the, the, the Raiders film. Um, I don't take quite as much time on it as I do with the Patriots film, but still I have um, a pretty good, I know what's going on there and what's on film. And I also worked for about six months for the Las Vegas newspaper. And part of my deal, I, I saw Derek Carr's 2019 film. I had also to prepare, I watched his 2018 film. So I know Derek Carr pretty well. I've seen a lot of him on film and look, this is the bottom line. And this is, this is putting out aside, you know, any feeling Devonte Adams or Josh Jacobs or whatever. And, and as a head coach, you need to factor in that stuff, but here, here's the bottom line. The bottom line is uh, Josh McDaniels tried to make this work. Um, he, I, I thought he, I thought a lot of their game plans were on point. I thought that there were, even in this last game, there were plays to be made. Um, this is similar to where I was when in 2019 with John Gruden, when I almost wrote this exact column for the Vegas newspaper saying like, like they have to decide on car. Cause they, you, you can look at him either way. There's stuff there on film that you're like, Oh, this guy's pretty good. There's a lot of stuff there that says he's never going to get it. And to me, after my history with car watching him this year, um, it was over. He's not the he's not the long-term quarterback. The, the bottom line is he's not the long-term quarterback for the for the Las Vegas Raiders. The the Patri uh, the McDaniel's and Ziegler made an honest effort. They tried to make it work. They even went out and got Devontae Adams, his college buddy, um probably to make sure that hey, at the end of the day people couldn't say, well, you know, he didn't have any weapons or he didn't have this or he didn't have that. You know, at the end of the day and they didn't have Waller. They didn't have Renfro the whole season. I understand, but there was there was enough there in that offense for them to be a lot better. And a lot of in a lot of their losses, including this last one against Pittsburgh, Derek Carr was the major problem that he misplays, that he turned the ball over too much, and it was clear that after this game, and it has been rapidly deteriorating this year how poorly Derek Carr has played in this scheme, that it was obvious that. He was not going to be the quarterback for next year. They have enough evidence. So then what do you do? You know, do you just play out the string? You know, you have a responsibility to the organization. I assume Mark Davis, when you make a move like this, Josh McDaniels has to go to Mark Davis and say, look, Mark, this is what we're going to do. Carr, we have our answer now. Carr is not the long-term quarterback for our team. We tried to make it work. It's not going to work. And if I'm Mark, da Mark Davis, I'm saying – 
Well, if that's the case, I don't want to be on the hook for 40 million next year. So sit him, tell him that he's, you know, he's going to be inactive for the last two games. Um, that's not ideal the way it went down, but I, I don't see what other reality really was out there. And so, and here's the other side of the coin, Nick, or the, the other factor in this is, you know, what the Raiders are going to do at quarterback now. I mean, yeah. they have to, when you make a move like this with the talent in Josh Jacobs, is going to be a free agent? Who knows if he's back? I doubt he will be. I think the, the McDaniels and Ziegler are of the type, like the Patriots, like they're not going to overspend at running back, even though they love Josh Jacobs. I love Josh Jacobs. He's phenomenal. But running backs have a shelf life. You know, they can't just bring in like some rookie quarterback. They can't just br- trade for Mac Jones and bring him in. Like, you got to come in with a legit starting quarterback. So to me, yep. that means either Tom Brady or you make some sort of major play for Lamar Jackson. I have no idea how that works with the salary cap, but something of that ilk where if you bring in this quarterback, nobody's going to complain. And in fact, they're going to be like, oh, okay. Yeah, we're doing this. And that's the only way this thing whole works. If they don't get the quarterback, then you know, it's, it's going to be a rough go, but to me on film, they had to make this choice. It's awkward the way it went down. I don't see many alternatives and now it's all about, they got to find the next quarterback. And, and if I'm them, I'm bringing in Brady for two years. I'm using my decent draft pick this year to find the next quarterback. He sits for two years behind Brady learns and then they're off. That's what I do. Few thoughts. Number one, I don't think McDaniels or Ziegler were ever in love with Derek Carr. And that's why they structured the contract the way they structured the contract where, Mm -hmm. you know, it's very easy to get out of this deal. You've just got to make the decision quickly, which is going to make it tough to trade him because I think it's like two or three days after the after the season's over, got to make a decision there. And it's obvious he's not going to stick around. So they have to have a trade lined up as soon as the season's over pretty much. So We'll, we'll see if that comes to fruition. But when you structure the contract the way they did, that tells you they did not love the guy. They were not fully committed. They, they were going to see if it could work, but they weren't fully committed at any point to Derek Carr. And that began with that contract. Um, I, I would also say that good news for Jared Stidham, you get to start two NFL games. Bad news for Jared Stidham, those two games are against San Francisco and Kansas City. So good luck with that. Um, this is pretty much Tank City USA now for the Raiders, I think, or at least it should be. Um, they, they now currently, I think they sit at like ninth in the draft. If they lose the next couple of games, they might climb a couple of spots, which would give them the opportunity, as you mentioned, Greg, to find that quarterback of the future and, and, and hopefully be patient with him, uh, dependent on what you do, uh, in the off season via trade or, or free agency. And you hit the nail on the head. Look, when you make a move like this, even if Derek Carr is, you know, a quarterback who you'd rank somewhere around 12 to 15, which is where I've always been with him. Even if you say he's, he's around that spot, you know, he's slightly above average. It's, it's been proven that it's very difficult to replace quarterbacks in the NFL, even guys that are slightly above average. And Denver has had a hell of a time. They thought they had it figured out with Russell Wilson. That looks like it's going to go down as one of the worst trades in NFL history. You look at the Colts when Andrew Luck uh, retired in August a couple of years ago. They've been scrambling. Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, they have not been able to figure out the answer. The commanders have done the same thing. They tried to hold Carson Wentz route. That hasn't worked out well. So it's very difficult. And so now here it is, right? 
I have no problem with them cutting bait with Derek Carr at this point because, hey, if you're not going to have him next year, if you don't believe in him, then just do what you're doing right now. You might as well. You've got nothing to lose. So, you know, when you look at it, and, and also one thing is if Derek Carr got injured in one of these last two games, like $40 million would have been guaranteed to him. So yep. the worst thing you could do is play him knowing that he's not a part of your future and then, ooch, ow, my leg the last week of the season, and then the guy gets 40 mil guaranteed. So, you know, you, you look at this, though, and now it's, it's, to, it's up to the trio. It's up to Mark Davis. What's he willing to spend? Uh, does he have the money to spend, which has been questioned? It is up to, you know, Dave Ziegler to to evaluate the players and, and get the right guy. And it's up to McDaniels to be able to coach that guy because when you make this move, you have to get an upgrade. If you do not upgrade at the quarterback position for 2023, then you did it wrong. Yep. And I don't think this team is in a spot to be patient. I don't think Josh is patient. I don't think Dave is patient. And I know for damn sure Mark Davis is not going to be patient. So they have to get this right. This is literally the future of the organization. And I think it's the future of Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. Cause if they don't yep. get it right, I don't think Josh gets a third bite of the apple. And I think Ziegler probably goes back to helping a front office instead of being the point man. So a very big decision for that organization. Now they have to get right. If they get it wrong, it's going to get awfully messy. Uh, he's Greg. I'm Nick. Everybody try to enjoy the game on Sunday. Try to, if you can, um, if you go out, obviously this weekend, enjoy yourself, be safe. Uh, don't be knuckleheads, be safe out there. And uh, we'll catch up with the early next week to uh, recap the dolphins and Patriots till then. Thanks to uh, athletic greens and betonline.ag. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cavill.